Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I... Jason, hey, we hope you're all doing doing very, very well yes. out there. We are very excited to be here. Another, Ab- yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Glad to be back with you. We were off uh, last week, family commitments being what they are. We obviously are committed to uh, both of our families, so we took a little siesta. But hey, we are excited to be back as Eric. We have a jammed, packed, great show coming up for everyone tonight, don't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very awesome show. Because guess yes. what we're going to talk about? I'm Geek G. Let our- me see. Does it begin with the word D? Our favorite two uh, two uh, topics. <laughs> yeah. St- uh, wait. Does one of them begin with S and the other begin with D? Yes. St- D. D. Oh. Wait. Well. Well. Yes. Kind of kind D. Of You're D. right. D. But I guess Owned specifically an M. Let's just say the word Disney yeah. and Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I would say no Star Trek. Oh, Star and Trek. Mando. Yes. Mando. Mandalorian. Okay. Wow. I was. I, way I off specifically, there. we'll start with the P. Picard and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Yes. We, we were kind of talking a little bit before this. And we got oh we can't we can't talk anymore. We got to we got to right. start recording. We had to shut up. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um. Uh, so far, we're at what episode eight or nine of we are Picard? At episode eight of Picard. Of Picard. And it has what two more left? Two more left. Ten episodes in season three. We have two more left. Okay. What'd you think? Oh my god, Eric. Oh my yes. god. Oh my 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 god. Okay. All right. You can tell how geeked I was about it. Okay. No. Yeah. Right. Really? Okay. So this particular episode of season three of Picard was titled Surrender for a very good reason. Mm. Because for those of you who have seen Picard already, you know that even though, even for those of you who maybe haven't seen it yet, spoiler alerts, we know yes. that by this time here in season three of Picard, the Titan has been captured by Vatic and the crew of the Shrike. Yes. And she's basically given them an ultimatum. You hand over Jack Crusher or this entire crew and the ship dies. And um, this this episode was filled with so much tension and so many great personal moments involving the characters as well. Mm. We saw a wonderful, um, a wonderful heart-to-heart scene with Riker and Troy. Both of them expressing their feelings about the death of their son and their relationship and everything. But more importantly, we saw the continuation of the storyline that these writers have been building up through this entire line of suspense throughout the whole season. They did not deviate from it. They did not... Uh, decide to pull a 180 and introduce an element that shouldn't have been introduced introduced at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, what we saw from here, Season 8 Surrender, is basically where, okay, we know the Changelings have infiltrated Starfleet. Yeah, we got that. We kind of have an idea of who Vatic is now, because they got into her backstory a lot in Episode 7, which was a oh, yeah, great yeah. one, if you guys haven't seen it yet. And by the way, I'll tell you about Amanda Plummer's connection to Star Trek beyond being a cast member in just a little bit. But Where I'm going with this is that uh, what we saw is now we're starting to now see a little bit more of how important Jack Crusher is to the ultimate plot because we know now that there's something devastating in store for the Federation, that it's going to happen on Frontier Day, which for them is um, equatable to July 4th for us. It's a major, major, major holiday celebration for them. Mm -hmm. We know that Jack Crusher plays a part in it, and now... And another spoiler alert, folks, Vatic dies in this episode. So now that Vatic <laughs> is dead, 
Okay, and now that the rest of her followers... That was are, my question, are, though. Is she yeah. really dead? Like, when, once they freeze that liquid, because they're they're liquid, right? Yes. Well, they're... I mean, with all that gelatinous. liquid... Here, here's like what I don't they're know. They're protoplasmic gelatinous beans. Here, I, this is what I don't know about the uh, yeah. changelings. Okay, if they... You know, obviously, um, they can kind of split themselves off, right? Yeah. To yes. a point. So my whole thing is that, yeah. okay, even though she's like deep, deep frozen mm-hmm. in space spoiler alert uh, mm-hmm. can if if those bits were to ever come back together right could they i or, don't or could the bits kind of create kind of like you know uh, uh other other beings where you can have a piece of them and they can replicate and keep and then kind of get you know and, and make a new being with the same personality or possibly but given yeah. the fact that the changelings have an advanced physiology now where Vatican Vatican particular um, was basically consumed by a changeling because remember episode 7 got into Vatic's backstory and we mm-hmm. saw how the changeling that consumed that became Vatic was originally an experiment a doctor, yeah. a doctor who performed these gruesome experiments on the changelings. Mm-hmm. And that was part of a, pro- a program called Project Promethean. And we know that that changeling basically took over the body of that doctor, and then that changeling became Vatic. So there's still some physiology, uh, some human physiology in there, mm-hmm. which makes me believe that, okay, while she's still able to be a changeling, she still has human physiology, which means once you get sucked out into the vacuum of space... <laughs> You freeze up and you die in less than 20 seconds. Yeah. So I don't Interesting. know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. That's conjecture, though. So, yes. Okay. Um, sorry sorry to, to get maybe a little too too much detail. I was just curious about anyway. that. But anyway, because we'll, we'll get into that in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The, this story, this episode, sorry, pulled a lot of these stories together, and there yes. was a lot of great moments in it. Um, it was kind of concerning to me, though, I will say, because, you know, it's kind of one of those where when you're getting towards the end of a season mm-hmm. um, of a show, sometimes they're trying to wrap everything up too quick and i was almost i was almost had that feeling it almost felt like you know the tension was there Mm -hmm. you know it's like they had to all do something and all these things had to come together but it was like one of these episodes where it it almost to me it i will say that was my one complaint it did seem a little rushed on some of the outcomes i wasn't happy I, I love that that data's back into it, right? Right. I wasn't, and it was funny. He had, he, you know, that whole moment where it's like they have to take down the partition, and then it's lore and data, and they're battling, and then it was all that Stranger Things music. Did you notice yeah, that I did. they had that that score? It was like literally from Stranger yeah. Things. I was like, what is going on? Yep. But it was the, great. But the thing, the thing that I I I I wish they would have fleshed that out a little more. Okay. Um. Or or maybe flesh isn't the right word because he's not flesh, right? He's well, he's a robot. He's more human. He's now, more human, but he's now. still synthetic. Right. Exactly. But anyway, um, no, I wish I would have taken a little more time with that mm-hmm. because it kind of seemed like that was just kind of rushed. I mean, it just happened so fast, and I knew it was going to happen because you know that that's the only way that they could get the Enterprise back at this point. So it was kind of like, yeah. Or, so, I'm sorry, the Titan. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, so I know. I was like, <laughs> I, I always think of that thing as the Enterprise. How to can me. you not? I, I know. know. How can you hard. not? Because it's got yeah. everybody on it. Anyway. Right. So that was the only the only gripe I had about that episode was that I just thought it was a little rushed in that area. Okay, okay. But I'll agree with you. Uh, the Deanna Troy stuff, and it's funny they they did fool me with Worf. I forgot for a moment that Worf was out looking 
to rescue Riker. So yes. all of a sudden, I thought Deanna was going to pull some stuff, and I thought that's how they were going to escape from the Shrike because you had Riker and, and mm-hmm. Deanna at the, on the Shrike. And then all of a sudden, Worf came in, and it was like, right. oh, okay, all right, I, yeah, I forgot about. Well, they got and if me you recall, that. a couple of a couple of episodes ago, we a couple of episodes ago when we talked about uh, episode six of Picard, we initially postulated that maybe Deanna Troy was a changeling, and that when Riker was well, captured, we sure, yeah, yeah. So we brought that up, but we found out, sure enough, after episode eight, that she's not a changeling. She's not, but we were right that she said that the changelings came to her in Riker form. That is yes, but she yes. knew right away she could tell because yeah. of her abilities yep. she could tell that it wasn't him right absolutely. but uh yeah <clears throat> they had some funny moments there too that was i mean it was great it's like you know and it's like well was he better than me or you know it was right. like Riker was asking essentially right you know <laughs> right and then there, there was that one scene where she said well uh what was it that she said either she made an offbeat comment about the sex was good and the pizzas were lousy and oh, then yeah. Riker said so he basically oh, just like was me. me just like me <laughs> yeah right i love that part that was great they did they, great. they had some they had they had a, they had a great moment there yes um, um, of course, Picard, you know, uh, the, the tension was really super high um, yeah. in this episode, right from the beginning. I mean, yeah. because like you say, I mean, we, we pop in. This is where she's already taken the last episode. She had already taken the Titan over. Yep. Um, so it was it was tension right away. Yeah. Um, I, I, I but yeah, I mean, you know, overall, yeah, I, it's the same thing that I always mm-hmm. say. I mean, I love the episode. The only gripe I had was that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Jordy and and uh, Data had a moment that was you know fr- that friendship was that was that was just I mean you know yeah. man you got to say Lavar Burton man this guy is just pulling I mean right. they're giving him I I have I don't remember him do you remember him on the Next Generation I do being this oh. no but I mean having these being able to have these moments I don't oh. remember the writing giving him these moments right but in this I mean he's got some of the best moments some of the most heartfelt moments in this series the only episode I can recall where we saw the full extent of LeVar Burton's acting chops as Jordy LaForge was uh, the, uh, I think it was season five or season four where he I don't remember the name of the episode I should shame on me for being a loyal Star Trek fan but it was an episode where he was consumed by a parasite and mm. his entire uh his entire human existence almost was eaten alive and he was his the parasite that consumed him was able to camouflage itself and it went it was on a mission where they were going back to a planet where his character had been some years previously and they were investigating um all the mysterious disappearances of some of his fellow crewmates who went with him on this away mission mm. but anyway getting to what i was saying about that episode is that that was an episode where we where lavar really got into Jordy laforge we saw how oh, vulnerable wow. of a character he could be and now fast forward to here this most the most recent two episodes of picard you're right i mean boom just the chops all came off there for uh for Jordy laforge and that yeah. was great and and they and they've really opened it up for data too because now he's gotten what he always wanted. I mean, the character-wise, you know, where yeah. he's able to have mm-hmm. the human feelings along with, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the the logic and mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, computing power there. I guess right. <laughs> and you know, kind of circling back to the uh, the partition theme, uh, partition scene for a minute yeah. when they were trying to work on breaking down those neural partitions that separated lore from data. I love the Easter eggs in there from the next generation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, the uh, the pie 
pipe and the Sherlock, the hat from the hat. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. from the, especially from the episode Elementary, My Dear Data, one of the best episodes in the next generation. And then they pulled the, uh, what was her name? Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Yeah. So Tasha Yar, for those of you who know, was uh, the, the chief of security on board the Enterprise for the first season and a half. She was portrayed by an actress named Denise Crosby. She's been around, been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Denise Crosby, though, um, did not have her contract negotiated midway through the second season of Next Generation. Mm. And so as a result, they killed her character off. Wow. But in that season and a half, the writers went to great lengths to show just how good of a friendship she and Data had. And so during the scene, the episode where she died, um, they had a memorial in the holodeck, and she left a little hologram emitter where she left farewell messages for all the crew members of the enterprise. And that was given specifically to data because he valued Tasha Yar as a good friend. And so, yes, I, mm. I love that part where he just turned it on and you could see the image of Tasha Yar there. And so that was really, really powerful. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think yes. that in, in that, in that whole, in that whole segment, yeah. I, it seemed like things were really rushed and mm-hmm. to me now, maybe I missed something. Uh, they didn't seem to really, I mean, I know what, what was going on and I understood, okay. but they didn't really seem to, that they could, that they took the time that they probably should have to really mm-hmm. kind of get into more of the dramatic fight or not fight, but necessarily, I know why they call it surrender. I mean, data yeah. was surrendering and lore and. But they kind of seem like they just kind of rushed it. Like all of a sudden, you know, Lore's taking all his memories and throwing them away, tossing them away. But then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, it's a, do you think they should have explained that a little bit better or they could have done a little bit better with that moment or? Um, I think they could have, uh, to answer your question, first and foremost, yes. Yeah. I think what they could have, because I think what they could have done was go to greater lengths to um, explain the complexities of the relationship between lore and data. Mm. And I mean, because even though the character lore was only in a few episodes of The Next Generation, um, he became a fan favorite because he was the exact opposite of data. Dr. Noonien Sung, his creator, created him to be the antithesis of data. He was the he was programmed with more personality, with more emotions, with more feelings. Thus, he had a lot more anger, a lot more power control issues, stuff like that. But anyway, what I'm getting to is that I, um, because the relationship was complicated, I think they could have made that scene a little more complicated than what it initially seemed like. So they could have dragged it out a little bit longer. Okay. And I think they could have explained the relationship between lore as well. And another thing, too, that I thought about also is that because Data said that he was not only a part of of lore, but he was also part of B4, the android from Star Trek Nemesis, mm. that was key to the plot of that movie, but also part of Dr. Alton Soong. I would have liked to have kind of seen them draw some correlations between B4 and Dr. Soong as well, like maybe have some other internal struggles with Dr. Soong and B4, but that might have taken it way overboard and that yeah. would have destroyed the story. Well, it, it, they, they were kind of, it's funny because they, in, in that episode, they it's like they were up against it, right? Because obviously they built the, you know, they, they built the tension so high right, right. that it's got to, it's something that's got to happen now. So they, yeah, and I understand yeah. why they had to kind of do it quick. They couldn't really go into it and go yes. into the, the intricacies of their relationships. Yes. But it, it had, but it had to be done. And I, I just, that's the only, like I said, go back to this, the only gripe mm-hmm. I had. Okay. I will say the ones one thing that shocked me was uh, that they actually took out that uh, I don't know if I'm saying the name right here, but that uh, Lieutenant Tavine. You got it. Okay. Ding ding ding. I yep. could not believe. I thought you know right? because in all honesty, here here's the deal, and we'll get into this too. Yeah. There is some talk there might be a Star Trek legacy, and with the yes. Titan, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. But okay. um, 
I she actually I thought that would be one of the main players in mm-hmm. that series. You know, you're looking at the crew, right? Right, right. And my boy Captain Shaw, the guy. I mean, every episode the guy's getting beat up. That poor right? guy, right? <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like. like well, and Todd Stashwick should be wearing a red shirt, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He, well, Actually, if he did, he would die. So oh, he, no, I think he was, wasn't he? Was he wearing a red shirt? Well, red uniform, maybe, yeah, with yeah, a red stripe uh, on it or something. Yeah, I don't know. The, I'll tell you what, that, uh, my, my, my captain there is getting beat up. To, like Every right, episode right. he's got, yeah, exactly. He's, he looks like yep. he's been in a fight, you know. Oh, I love the little uh, back Rocky and, fight. I love the little back and forth on the bridge between him and, uh, and Jerry Ryan's character, Seven of Nine. Yeah. When, you know, when he was constantly bickering at her and griping at her you know you're pulling rank or something like that so i thought yeah. that was kind of he he kind of slipped out of it a little bit there and kind of lost his cool there i thought that was really that was really awesome i, I you know it's funny because when i it I, I don't know when i see the the character uh of uh uh captain shaw i i i think i it's funny because to me he has hints of kirk mm-hmm. because and you know in, in the original series to me you know kirk was always the emotion and spock was always the logic i mean they were it was almost like they were two of the same it's like they're, they're the same person but but to two different sides that we kind of we all fight with right our emotions yeah. compared to what's logical yeah um and and that's what and and to me he has hints of that okay yeah. and it would be interesting because maybe seven of nine would play the spock role more so i mean that's yeah. a it, it's a plausible hypothesis you know because yeah. and because he does in, in the beginning he just seemed like he was this kind of you know a-hole right just, we're gonna, <laughs> right but, but he, he's basically grown but you can see the guy's got a heart and all this stuff so yeah. he does he reminds me of of a kirk-esque okay. not completely but a kirk-esque type character okay and i yeah. love it i love it um yeah. the, the guy okay. does a, a great job i mean yeah, it's, yeah you know as far as that character and the way they they wrote him out i love it right um, but anyway, yeah. So they took out uh, Lieutenant uh, Tavine. I was shocked that mm-hmm. that was the one to go. Yep. I was shocked that they got rid of her because I thought she, if they do another series, that that she's going to be a staple because you yeah. just look at the crew and you say, okay, that is the crew that's probably going to be on a new show. Right. Exactly. What did you think? Were you pretty? What did that get you to? Uh, it got me. Yeah, that was like one of those major cliffhanger moments where you you seem really sure about who they're going to uh, execute there on the bridge, and then all yeah. of a sudden she turns the phaser pistol and then vaporizes Lieutenant Tavine there. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, wait, that came out of left yeah. field, and that got me because I didn't. I take through that. I didn't think she was going to do that. I thought she was going to kind of bluff it bluff and it, at the right, last minute right. you know some somehow they yeah. were gonna talk her down or whatever but yeah. no i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it i know it was crazy now how what now here's the thing i was it was so funny because right in the middle of the episode i was telling my wife i go when they take care of Attic, they better do something damn good because the, the way I'll tell you that what's her what's the actress's name? I can't think of it. Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer. She yes. is amazing. And she does kind of play kind of those offbeat, quirky mm-hmm. roles. I mean, if anybody remembers she was Honey Bunny in uh Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction. in that yeah, in that uh, yeah. a cafe scene. Yep. But um she does play those quirky roles, but she does such a great job, and she does so well that you just like, oh, you just want to see her get hers. She's know? the character that you want to root against. It's yes. not like some movie villains or, or some popular pop culture villains like Darth Vader, for example, where you want to root for him or her because you actually like them because of what they stand for or what they represent into the grand scope of the genre. But yeah. you're right. With Amanda Plummer's character, Vatic, you feel nothing but hate for her because she has nothing but hate for everyone. Everybody that she comes in contact with. And now, you know how I said at the beginning of the show that Amanda Plummer has an interesting connection to Star Trek? Yeah. She is the, and I did not know this until I Googled her 
uh, last night watching Picard. She is the daughter of Christopher Plummer. I was going to say Plummer. Okay, that made sense. A fantastic character actor who recently passed away a couple years ago. But Christopher Plummer portrayed General Chang in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. That's right. Wreak havoc and let's slip the dogs of war. Yeah, James Tiberius Kirk. Kirk. Yes. Can you see me, Kirk? And Christopher Plummer, I mean, aside from the General Chang role, you know him best as Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music, but he had some fantastic character roles in some wonderful films. Mm. He was a great actor. Yeah, he and, was. But yeah. he, is, he is Amanda Plummer's uh, father. That's, that's his daughter. Yeah, Amanda Plummer wow. is his daughter. And I didn't know Amazing. that until last night when no I No wonder. Her. No wonder she's so good. I right? mean, it, the talent, I mean, it, must, it definitely runs in the family. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, so uh, I did get, I did get, I did get my wish. So basically, when they yeah, when yeah. they when they took Vatic out, it was one of the best takeouts I've seen in a long, <laughs> long, long time. Do you want to tell the audience what she said before she got sucked out of the emergency hatch on the bridge? What did she say? I don't remember. What did she say? She said uh, an unmentionable word I can't say, so I'll just abbreviate it. She said, "Effing solids." Oh yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That, that is right. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. So yeah, it was right. So, right after Jack installed that little uh, that portable force, field. force yeah. field to protect her in seven of nine, then seven goes hit the ejection hit the ejection um, the the safety hatch now, and then right when it opens, she sees two of her henchmen get sucked out, and then she looks up and she goes effing solid <laughs> yeah and then yeah. she gets sucked out too <laughs> yeah so she gets sucked out into space which is amazing so she's on the bridge they yes. open it up which i didn't know i don't think i've ever seen that happen before have you ever seen the bridge open like that before on any ship no so the bridge opens up basically the vacuum of space pulls them out yep. and then she ends up going all the floating into space all the way to her ship and at this point she's already uh you know frozen right right exactly um, and then she hits her ship and just that's what i was talking yeah. about earlier she hits her ship she's in a million pieces shatters into a million pieces and right? then just to make sure cherry on the ice unbelievable the, the titan launches about 20 photon torpedoes and destroys <laughs> the shrike the crap out of it so it's like the snot out of it. even if that's what i was saying even if she had her pieces were close together <laughs> right, right, once right. that thing blew up they're all over the galaxy right exactly it. yep that that was truly amazing that was yep. that was unbelievable so that was kind of the anticlimactic Yes. Uh, I don't know if I say anti, but that was like the the climactic ending before the climactic ending because yes. uh, we've got another you know we've got another two episodes here. Yes, and and um, oh. go ahead. I just want, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, and I'll I'll jump in. Two episodes left, and now I might add more tension and more yearning for the next two episodes because now that Vatic is dead. Okay. Who's now responsible for this major plot against Starfleet? We know that Vatic was talking to somebody or keeping in communication yeah. with somebody who was pulling her apron strings. So now that Vatic is out of the picture, these last two episodes are going to reveal who was it's really probably, the puppet master here. It's probably somebody high up right? in, in Starfleet. It has to be. Exactly. I was going to say my favorite part of the episode, though, had to be my favorite part is when they all come in and sit down at the table. I got, Unbelievable. As a diehard Star Trek fan, I must say, Eric, I started to well up a little bit. Yeah. I, had, I mean, I just had the hair on my body stood up, and I'm just like... Yeah, this is what this show is about. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, they did such a great job because a lot of times, you know, they they, they kind of salt and pepper characters in all through the season. Right, right. And then now they, they've got to the point. They, I think they, they did it perfectly. They hit that note right at the right time yeah. where it's like, okay, they're all together now. And so now they all have to go do this. And then, of course, now we're going to hopefully find out probably in this next episode what is going on with Jack. 
why does he see that red door? What's behind that red door? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, and what he is. Now, right. I think I mentioned before, I, haven't, I can't remember if I mentioned before, but my, my theory has always been, and I've read this somewhere too recently to kind of help me back it up, is that I think he is part Borg. He has the abilities of, of the collective, but in a different way, because he's obviously able to get into humans and to actually move for them and, and function with them. Now, we know that uh, Picard was Locutus, mm-hmm. and we know that, that you know, supposedly they had to get all that, that the Borg DNA were wrapped with his DNA. Yes. So supposedly they eradicated it, but what if they didn't get it all? And what if, if that's my thinking? Now, this could go in a total different way, mm-hmm. but my thinking is that I think that he's got some Borg abilities. Because how, how do you say that, that the guy all of a sudden goes into a trance and he can, he can beat off those changelings, take on four of those changelings, mm-hmm. take them out, right? Without any training. I mean, this guy, so he, he has got to have, there's something there. What do you think? I think the complete opposite. What if he has something to do with Picard's body that was that the changelings were looking for at Daystrom Station that Rafi and Worf found out about and brought on board the Titan? What if he has something to do with Picard at Daystrom Station, the, the clone body of Picard at Daystrom Station, the shell? Okay. Because we know that he is the son of Jean-Luc Picard and Beverly Crusher, but again, just a theory, like Eric said with his, just a theory. Which Picard, though? Mm. Which Picard? And so, but because obviously that that brain disease is, has been kind of tossed off. Aromatic syndrome. Aromatic syndrome yeah. has been kind of tossed off as a, yeah. it's, a, it's a no, it's a it's a nothing burger now. And right? bec- and because we know that the changelings were after Picard at Daystrom Station, and because we know that Jack Crusher was their main area of interest that they were trying to hunt down and go after. I'm thinking he may have something to do with that Picard from Daystrom Station. Mm. Just a thought. Because that's but, my thought. Hmm. When when him and, and Beverly, Picard and Beverly got together, was he in that yeah. synthetic body at that point, or was he in his still human body? Well, we don't we don't really know. That's the yeah. that's the whole catch. When, to it. when Picard, sorry, see, I, I don't know my my uh, mm-hmm. uh, Trekkie history as much. When Picard was uh, a Borg, was that mm-hmm. synthetic body or was that a human body? <laughs> It was he was he was still his human body. Okay. The the Borg assimilated him and uh, basically rewrote his DNA. But we also know that uh, in Star Trek Nemesis, Tom Hardy's character um, uh, Shinzon was a clone of Jean Luc Picard. Oh, and that's so right. We, we know talked that about that. Yeah. His DNA was taken by the Romulans at some point mm. down the line when they were going to use Shinzon as a clone of Picard to infiltrate Starfleet and try and topple the Federation that way. So it seems also logical that if the Romulans took Picard's DNA to try and make a clone of him, that many other clones of Picard were made as well with stolen DNA. So it was rumored that, that, uh, uh, Jack, uh, possibly the reason they wanted his DNA, cause they never really explained it. Did they? Not really. In this episode. And, the, yeah. and so it's rumored that the reason they want, I say rumor just on, on the blogs and stuff, the, the web, that uh, they possibly want to build an army mm-hmm. and they need his his DNA to do it. They want a clone. They basically want to build a clone army okay. 
using Jack Crusher because of his abilities. But then the question goes back: What abil- How did he? What abilities does he actually have? How did he get them? I mean, we've right. seen some of it, and and right. why? Why does he have them? So, right. Yeah, these are all very interesting questions. Really um, interesting. Hopefully, yeah. the next couple. Hopefully, next episode we get some answers on this, and and I hope it doesn't right. let us down. I hope it's really something awesome and not just like I know you and I both. It's uh, like I don't see how they can be though, because they've worked so hard at building the tension and the excitement in this outstanding season. Yeah. How can they honestly let it? just completely deflate with two stinker final episodes. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm saying that, hoping. you know, they built the Jack character up so much. I mean, I, I oh, hope okay, they, okay. you know, I know what I'm saying is I hope right. that when we find out why he is what he is, that it, it pays mm-hmm. off for us, right? I mean, right, right. Yeah. I, I don't, I have total faith in him, trust me. At this point, yeah. they've won me over completely. So as you can Yay. tell, we're doing practically a whole podcast about him. We're almost out of time, but you know what? We want to get yeah. to another show real quick. We yes. might go a little bit longer today. That's okay. We want to get to another show um, that we also saw this week. Um, that is not doing so well. Do you want to tell the folks what that is? Yeah, that's season three of The Mandalorian, which airs on Disney Plus. And you all know The Mandalorian was the uh, it's another uh, Star Wars standalone um, uh, show in Star Wars canon. You know about Din Djarin, aka Mando. And yeah. uh, now I can't remember. Did he have any books, or is this a brand new character that they they just wrote for the show, or did he have? Is he in the books? To, the, the Star Wars lore. To the best of my knowledge, he's a brand new character written yeah. into canon. I don't remember him being in any graphic novels or any of the other novels. So basically, we we have the Mandalorian uh, season three, which you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I I have I have been I, I I'm going to say a cheerleader for because I'm yeah. I'm like okay I you know oh I was too yeah yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like okay you know the episode I mean whatever's happens happened Boba Fett all those other ones we've we've talked about it in past podcasts but I'm in this in this I'm like okay Mandalorian come on they're gonna pull this one out I know yeah. they're gonna do it. We're not going to have any <laughs> Vespa speeders in this one. And guess what? Lo and behold. In the background, we did. But that's not, the, but that's not what we're here to talk about. But right. point being, um, they, they have completely dropped the ball on this. Uh, this this yes. episode, in, in my opinion, this episode was so disgusting. And I'm so disgusted <laughs> with The Mandalorian at this point. I, mm-hmm. I really don't know, Jason, if I'm going to finish this, this season. Where, where's the button that I want to hit here, Eric? Uh, is, it one? One? is it this one? Is this one? thank you yeah yeah eric Eric, i agree wholeheartedly and look i was just as geeked for season three of the mandalorian as i was for season three of picard Mm. uh more so in some ways because season two of the mandalorian ended with such a tremendous final two episodes where we saw the return of luke and he goes and he gets grogu and you know mando gets the dark saber from moff gideon i was they left it on such a great high storytelling wise and then when season three rolls around the first two episodes were kind of stale i'm like okay i'll give it a chance and then the the previous the the subsequent two episodes were a little bit better, especially the most recent one where Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks in episodes one, two, and three, came back as the Jedi, uh, Kira Cullen or whatever his name was, in that flashback. Oh, was that scene. him? Yeah, that flashback scene yeah, from yeah, Order yeah. sixty six. Yeah, he well he played Jar Jar Binks. In the prequels. Oh, okay, okay. Mui, mui, misa, Jar Jar I didn't Binks. realize that was him. That's Ahmed Best, yeah. Gotcha. Jar Jar Binks. And so then, when I watched this episode the other night, and I see Lizzo just completely stinking it up and deliver oh, yeah. lines worse than me delivering lines in a theatrical production of Dancing at Lunasa, and when I see Jack Black, Eric, I got to tell you, I literally, I... 
Eric, I wanted to reach through the TV and I wanted to squeeze the living life out of Dave Filoni <laughs> and John Favreau. I said, "Shame on you guys! How in the hell did you let this happen?" They gave up. They gave up on on this. this, on this they gave up on this series, and and yes, uh, it, they it's did. sad. It is sad because yes, yes, and you're right. And you know the and, and it wasn't just the fact that I mean yes, the fact that they're now pulling you know these mm-hmm. celebrities for whatever reason and into this thing and kind of making and and what is it's not even like they're just pulling them in and have like little bit parts like when they had Jason Sudeikis being one of the speeder right. Uh, uh, troopers. Right. Now that was hilarious, and you didn't even know who that was at first. Right. That, but no, it's not that. Now they're just pulling. I, here's what I think. I mean, I think they 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 kind of were trying to. I think they kind of planned it out because they knew they needed some kind of hooks because the season was weak. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that the writing sucks. This episode, and they even had Christopher Lloyd. This episode, which Christopher Lloyd didn't play a bad part, but the writing was terrible. The episode, yeah. I mean, you've got, you, you know, okay, we've got these rogue. Oh, first off, it's the Bo-Katan show. Let's just be honest now. Mandalorian's out. Basically, he's, right. a, he's a second player, second right. fiddle. You've got Bo-Katan now. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we've got these rogue uh, uh, droids. And then you've got Mandalorian over there kicking them. I'm like, what? What is that? He's kicking droids, and one right. oh one just happens right. to run away. Well, the, the, there is no central plot in this season three. We've seen about three or four different subplots throughout this entire season three. We've seen a plot where we know that Mando wants to uh, wants to redeem himself in the eyes of his people, and so he. There's one episode where he goes to bathe in the in the waters of Mandalore, yeah. in the caves of Mandalore, and by doing that, he'll redeem himself in front of his people. And then there's another two episodes where now Bo Katan wants to try and redeem herself through the eyes of her people by being their leader. How does she do that? By getting the dark saber, but we don't know that until the final three seconds of that most recent episode. Which was the worst worst, worst exchange of a saber I've ever seen in my life. And I haven't seen many of them. Talk about about browbeating. Is that ridiculous? It's it's ridiculous. And then you had earlier when the season started, we know that, okay, he was going after Grogu or something. Or, you know, Luke handed Grogu over to to Mando. And then now you're, so now you're trying to figure out, okay. Well, now, now you've got and not even a plot point, but now you've got yeah. Grogu is doing circus tricks. Circus he's trick. flying around in the air and jumping in, in like Lizzo's a, arms he's for, like a, yeah, for he's, treats. Yeah, he's like a little chimpanzee on cocaine. Exactly. You know, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> well, where's the central plot? Where's the central? You know plot? what they? I'll tell you what. Now you looking, know? looking. I mean, uh, having the 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 mm. yeah, having having the uh, 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 hindsight now looking back at it, I I think the the worst thing they could have ever done was bring Grogu back. Grogu was great in the first season. Yes, I think they should have left him out. I think the 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 worst thing. Well, even season two, it wasn't bad. But uh, getting to where he was with Luke, they should have left him with Luke. When yes. they brought him back, yes. now he now he's just this. Now they're basically the whole show is that oh, and let's just see how cute Grogu can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to me, and I've heard a lot of people complain about this, and I agree. It's like, I'm kind of getting sick of looking at him. I'm tired right. of it. I mean, right. it's like, you know, he doesn't add anything to it. He's just using the force to grab M&Ms off the table one minute. <laughs> you know, he's like I said, he's, he's flipping around for treats in the air, right. you know, the next. this right. is He's a pet at this point. He's right. not even a, a, a person, per the, se, the cute- before he was kind of a, a person, a being, an entity. You right. Know? The cuteness factor went out after season one. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear you totally. They should have left him. They sh- and and they could have made. I'll tell you what. When yeah. you mentioned that about about Mando going to prove himself and going back to the the yeah. waters of Mandalore, they yeah. should have they should have made the whole season about that. They could have actually made the whole season about him doing that. Yes, but now <clears throat> they they want to force Bo Katan in and. You know, and it could be a little bit of 
could be a little bit of behind the scenes we don't know. I mean, there's there's been rumors that they've still had problems with Pedro Pascal, that he's not happy, they're not happy with him. Maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to find ways to kind of move him away and get uh get get Bo Katan in there as, as a main character. But but I mean the writing it's obvious that Favreau, I think, and Filoni have given up because the writing was atrocious on this. And and just like you said, when you mentioned that that dark saber, yeah. basically him saying, "Well, she did take it away, and she defeated my enemy, and here, here's the say." It's like what? That's what? The per- that's the perfect cop out. Yeah, perfect cop out. But and, but you know, it gets rid of that tension. You know, they should have had yep. the. I mean, they should have kept that tension between him and Bo-Katan the whole time. Right. And they could have found a better way of doing that. I even thought at one point they were going to make them to where they were going to rule, kind of be the leader together. Joint you know? rulers. Yeah, yeah, kind of joint rulers, you know, yeah. because they kind of both had certain uh, uh, qualities and capabilities and that they could yeah. come together and both, you know, benefit each other. Oh, you mean like Harry and Meghan Markle? Uh, no. Prince Harry? No? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh, but, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I might be done with it. I, I, I'm. I don't know. Yeah, Eric, I got to I got to be honest with you too. I'm I'm barely going to have enough breath to muster to watch uh next week's episode. The only reason I might watch is because again, I'm a Star Wars fan for better or worse, recognizing that there's a, some bad content out there but some good content as well, but I hear you, Eric. It, it's tough to stomach. This one was really tough to stomach, and then I don't know who was worse—Jack Black or uh, or Liz. Oh, that was terrible. And you know, and here's yeah. the thing: they they have these 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 scenes that mean nothing. Like, oh, they play yep. the game where Lizzo's tossing a, a, a what do you call them, roly poly or whatever. Yeah, that, was and, that were they recreating a scene from Alice in Wonderland or something? I yeah, it's kind of what it looked like. That's and then and then like, they have yeah. Grogu that does his force. So that's what I mean. He's now he's yeah. just he's basically just a carnival. Uh, attraction, yeah, right. You know, right. so he's using his force to help her win the game. Yeah. This it made no sense. There was no tension. It was it stunk the place up. This is basically Boba Fett Part Two, right? Uh, it is it is terrible. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what do you have more? There you go. <laughs> That's our and great. And I'll tell you what. You know, even if even if Star Trek had a couple of of uh, even even if if it petered out the last two yeah. episodes, they've gave us such great content up to this point. Yeah, Mando has been. I mean, they they haven't had a, a good episode. In all no. honesty, I mean, and I I tried to stay in there, man. I was trying to be a fan of this show, and I was yeah. saying, no, 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 I'm gonna give him a chance, give him a chance. And then when I heard that Jack Black, I'm like, what are they doing? You know, and yeah, it was terrible. It was it was one of the worst. Mm-hmm. You know who's who's going to be in next week's episode? Mar- so, so Marlon Wayans and Jim Carrey. So let me ask you this: Would you want what you know? This, this Mandalorians. You know they're supposed to be these, these proud yeah. people and yeah. all this. You know and then and and here they just so easily. Oh, here, yeah, you can be my leader. Oh, yeah, whatever. They just. It's like, wait, what? I mean, it's like, well, okay, that part a little bit I can understand because the Mandalorians are spread out throughout the galaxy. So they're broken. You're right. They are very proud people. They're very honorable people. But because they're spread out, they don't have any leadership. They are broken. They're lost. And they're trying to find a leader, but they're also trying to find a sense of honor. They're kind of like Klingons in a way, Eric. Yeah. Because Klingons in Star Trek are a very honorable race. And they regard honor above all else. The, and, and, and I understand, and I understand that, and I understand that you know you have these different kind of sects of uh, yeah. 
of, of the group where some are really more hardcore, some right. don't really, you know, some are walking around with their helmet off and you have, and they said, oh, she's the one that can bring us all together. I, right, I understand right. that. The thing is, though, is that the way they're doing it, when I was talking about kind of rushing things, oh, okay, okay. especially in the okay. very end, the way they're doing it, it's like, okay, okay. she comes in, she fights the one guy, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, well, you don't have the saber. Well, and then all of a sudden, Ma- oh, of course, man. Oh, well, you know, she did and here and now she's got the saber. It's like right. the way they're doing it is really, really terrible. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Not necessarily that that was a thing. You know, I wanted to see that proudness. I wanted to see her have to earn it more. I wanted to see that something there and there just wasn't. But Right, right. Anyway, uh, we're running. We are running really late, but I just want to. I just want to mention one more thing before we go. Sure. And we want to talk about this on the sure. Nerdist.com. I was looking at this article. Yeah. Terry Matalis did mention. He says, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast that I'll just read a little bit here. He said that on various occasions, it is his desire to continue the story of the twenty fifth century or twenty fifth uh, century Star Trek universe in the Picard spinoff series called Star Trek Legacy. Mm. Now, he says that Paramount has not greenlit it yet, the series, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's a great idea, and the fans, uh, there's a lot of fan reaction oh, to this. Is. They're calling for it. I mean, they want this so bad. So, yes, uh, <clears throat> there could be a Star Trek Legacy series, which I'm I'm hoping for. And I will say uh, uh, real quick that, you know, one of the unique things that this article was mentioning, too, is that, you know, there's not a lot of series in the future. Like, you mentioned Strange New Worlds and stuff, and that's kind of cool to watch. But, yeah, it is true. Like, all these series are like the past, the past, the past. Yeah. It would be fun to see a series going forward from the next generation. You know what I mean? A, yeah. a kind of a, a new a new generation, as it were, you know, into do, the future of Starfleet, Star Trek. Do for TNG what TNG did for the original series. Exa- oh, they're a good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great way yeah. to put it. And, and you, you talk about the fans wanting this. That that all started on social media. And this social media push really caught fire when Todd Stashwick would go in and constantly retweet all of these um, fan pushes um, from people who followed him, they would say, God, this is so great. We need a Star mm. Trek Legacy series. And so Stashwick would retweet something. Jonathan Frakes would be retweeting a lot of stuff on his account. Yeah, so you're yeah. right, Eric. This has been a massive, massive calling by the fans due in no large part to social media and also to a lot of the cast members as well, i.e. Todd Stashwick, Jonathan Frakes, uh, and the others who have been obviously lobbying for this they want it as much as the fans do i think well, well guess what you know you you give the fans what they want yep and and every and it's success for everyone yep. people love it you know the 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 uh, uh studios get there you know they they get a successful series uh yep. wow who would have thunk it my only fear is that they don't get carried away with the storytelling that they try and stick to their guns and what they've done and that they tread carefully here if if terry matalus is at the helm then if it's captain terry matalus i think it's good i hear you i agree with you too i, I agree say with you too. engage make <laughs> number it, one make it so make it so <laughs> oh speaking of making it so hey, there's guys. our cue <laughs> yeah we did run a little over that's all the time we do have hey uh, we forgot to mention earlier uh, always check out our social media we are at uh, on twitter at uh, pti underscore podcast and and on facebook at pardon the intermission and we hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, please leave a review. It helps us out. Subscribe if you haven't already. We w- definitely would appreciate that. And uh, you guys take care out there. Yep. God bless. See you on the flip side. All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. 
It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.